Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Hey, welcome to another Mulready Minute. We're excited today to have with us uh, an important person in the state of Oklahoma, especially this time of year, which is uh, timely and which is why we're having uh, Mark on. But let me quickly introduce our guest, Mark Gower. Mark, thanks for being with us. No worries. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Okay. And now for your intro, uh, it's uh, it's robust. Mark was named as the director of the Oklahoma Department of Emergency Management and Homeland Security in 2019 by Governor Kevin Stitt. He served as the chief information security officer and cyber command director for the state of Oklahoma. With over 20 years of experience in information security and technology, Gower has a broad and varied knowledge base to draw upon. His expertise includes cybersecurity, business continuity, disaster recovery, and emergency preparedness and response. And that's really what we want to talk about uh, today. Uh, he holds multiple certifications. I will uh, you know, leave a lot of that out. Information security officer, information system security professional, and, uh, and OGG, overall good guy, uh, as designation we'll give him today. But uh, Mark and I have worked together uh, since we've, uh, since I came into office, about the same time that Mark was appointed by the governor, and uh, so again, Mark, thank you for being with us. Uh, the timeliness of this, with uh, we're in the middle of May, um, and uh, you know we are always talking about it at the insurance department. You know we, we've got our little corny slogan of Mulready says get ready, but just talking about um, preparedness, and you know I noticed in the in the intro. That, um, that we talk about that, disaster recovery and emergency preparedness. Um, so give us a little bit of a, your, your thoughts on, on Oklahomans being prepared for the season that we're facing uh, that's really already upon us. Yeah, Oklahoma's not a, they're not a stranger to disasters, right? And we're in the middle, middle of May, our active season of just everything, whether it be from severe weather to tornadoes or just our, our basic everyday rain that turns into a flood. Mm. So Oklahomans, know how to pay attention to weather and what we continue to focus on is making sure that they have not only multiple ways to be ready we say at least three ways for them to get information is great your local news media outlet your favorite app and then have a weather radio in your home right so we're constantly trying to focus on people to stay focused so that they are prepared to take in just-in-time information but it goes beyond that, is having that plan, as you and I have talked about many times of making our, our citizens more resilient, of having a plan on what they're going to do when the bad things happen. How are they going to get out of their home? Where are they going to go? What things do they need to take with them, the medications um, and all of their uh, immediate needs? And don't forget about your pets. Um, and then how are you going to communicate with your family if the cell phones don't work, right? And so we've talked about all of these plans and we work with our community partners, our local emergency managers, over 400 of them statewide, of delivering our programs, even with our youth camps um, to help um, bring all of our, our, our summer camps for the youth into play so that they're looking forward to how they can help their parents also be prepared and be prepared for themselves. It's just an all-of-government approach to make these things work. And our success is the success of how well the message is received. And we think um, from time and time again, Mother Nature throws things at our state and people become and are so resilient in our Oklahoma communities. And even when the bad things happen, the local people always come together to help each other, 
right? And that's, you and I have been through disaster scenes on multiple occasions. And we've went out and we've talked, we've prayed with the families and we've seen people just coming out of the woodwork, literally, to come help each other. And that's what makes Oklahoma great. That's what makes being in this job and this position such a privilege because we have everybody pulling on this rope, not just from our state, not just from our local, not from federal, but right down to the engaged citizen. Yeah. Wow. That's a wrap. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you, Mark. Um, you know, you mentioned the, um, us going out and we have, uh, I've, I've grabbed you and asked to go out a number of times now to different catastrophes, disasters that have happened. I don't know, a month or so ago, we were down in Shawnee uh, post the tornado that, that hit there. And um, you're right. It always strikes me when we're there. Number one, it strikes me the the damage that gets done and just how devastating that can be and the importance of having a plan. But but secondly, what always impacts me is the Oklahoma standard, right? I mean, the the uh, the Baptist group, older gentlemen yeah. there with chainsaws and equipment and just having at it, just helping helping their neighbor. And so that really is it's really inspiring every time in the midst of and on the heels of such disaster to have them doing that. You mentioned the um, emergency management, um, I don't know, network across the state. T- talk briefly about that, what that looks like. Um, you know, you've got county guys, and, and tell me how that all works. So our, 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 we have about plus or minus around 400 emergency managers. That includes city, county, and tribal, and even some higher ed emergency managers. And they all work together within their jurisdictions to help plan prepare, respond, and mitigate whatever the issues or threats are in their local communities. And it's one thing for our Oklahomans to understand when they see maybe a first responder running down the highway after a disaster, but all of that doesn't happen unless you have a well-oiled machine that gets all of the responders together beforehand. They know Everybody knows what they need to do, even when the bad things happen. They know what they need to do during and then post. And the faster and the better that your local community responds to that, it shows the power and the work that their local city, county, tribal, or uh, or higher ed emergency manager has put into the programs to make all of that sequence like it's supposed to do. Um, so I can't be even any more proud of the hard work um, that our local emergency managers do on behalf of those citizens every day. And it can be somewhat depressing from a state perspective and from a local perspective to try to always think of the bad thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We've got to prepare for it. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? And then looking at the probability of what that, what, what that might impact and then create the plan of what we're going to do and then exercise it, rehearse it. And then when the bad thing happens to our neighbors next door, we're over there not only helping them because locals help locals and that's called through a mutual aid agreement. Um, but it's also us also refining our plans that if that tornado hits like it hit Shawnee, what is it going to do for my community? Our local emergency managers intake that and try to build back better and more resilient in their own planning and capabilities. So it's such a pleasure to watch that happen. Um, Oklahomans don't really know the dedication that's truly behind what it takes to make that work. And Oklahomans should be proud of their local emergency managers. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that in action. Um, yeah. And I will say this, I guess, for, for those watching and listening, uh, Mark, as our director of emergency management, uh, I've been in there, I don't know, call it two days after, and all is going on and the chaos that's, that has taken place. 
and yet um, Mark Gower knows everybody, and everybody knows Mark Gower. And <laughs> like, how does this happen? But I'll tell you, Arp, is Mark lives there <laughs> for days without mm-hmm. sleep and, and goes through that. So thank you for your dedication to that because mm-hmm. you do help pull some of that together. And I've just I've seen that in action, and and it's admirable. Um, so we have tornadoes that we've, we've been facing uh, in 2019 when, when you and I first came in we had uh, had the worst flooding in the uh, history of our state from an emergency management perspective is there much difference with those and your response and how that goes or your interactions with FEMA is that any different or what's that like you know every disaster is different even though a tornado may touch down in one community it's going to be a different response when it hits a different community right so I saying every tornado is different, every disaster is different because it hits every community differently. Um, and every community's economic policies or positions, as well as their capabilities, everything is just uniquely different. So every disaster is different. So in comparing a flood to a tornado, um, floods are terrible disasters. Tornadoes are terrible disasters. But floods slowly come in sometimes, or may they come in very quickly, and it takes a long time for it to go away. Mm-hmm. So the pain our local citizens are going through in seeing the loss of property, the loss of their home, their family infrastructure, everything um, being impacted on top of where they grew up or where they live, their church, their whole network may be being impacted. Um, And it takes a long time for the floods to go away. Um, So recovery is a lot more delayed than when a tornado happens. So when a tornado touches down, it's gone. The devastation is there. It's terrible. Uh, but we begin the recovery the the next day, right? Post post it being um, off the ground, and it takes a long time for floods to do that. Um, so that's why you hear sometimes from our perspective as emergency managers, floods are insidious because they they take and they steal people's lives slowly and over time, and then it keeps the recovery not only from their personal lives, but it takes us longer to sequence in the local and the federal recovery dollars to get that back in to help start jump-starting the local economy and jump-starting everyone's lives. So floodings in our, our perspective are just, they're, they're terrible disasters to start off with, yeah. but they're just, they're harder, they're more complex. Um, and we're still working on recovery from the 2019 floods, yeah. uh, to give you an example. When I speak, I, I, I speak to that a lot, uh, and, and my experience with the flood in 2019 versus tornadoes, and you know, sort of similar to what you've said, tornado comes through, it, it comes through and is gone. 90% of the damage is covered by, by insurance. Mm-hmm. And so get equipment in there, clean up, recover much more quickly. The flood, my experience in 2019 was 90% of the damage was not insured. So as insurance commissioner, plug to buy flood insurance. (laughs) I'll second Uh, that, sir. And it's just a slow, disgusting, really, cleanup and process. Uh, It's a very different thing. So, okay, let's let's move on from that. Um, The other thing that we are seeing some of that we don't talk a lot about is wildfires. and uh, I live in the eastern side of the state. We don't see that near as much, maybe. But mm-hmm. t- talk about some experiences with wildfire. Uh, what has happened here in Oklahoma? What can folks do to mitigate that risk? Wildfires, um, you talk about a disaster that you need to be ready to evacuate in a hurry. And you need to have that plan. And you need to know where you're going to go. And you need to be plugged into your local your local news and your local emergency management channels, right? So you need to be able to get information quickly. Um, just because it's burning two neighborhoods over, that's you need to be plugged in. Wildfires 
can change in an instant. The fast component of how the wind may move wildfires or the wildfire behavior of that day can truly change the entire dynamic of the response. So leading into answering your question is be prepared, absolutely be prepared to be able to intake information and then respond to it. But as an example, earlier um, this year, we've had some significant wildfires across the state. Uh, we've got our, uh, we have two fire management assistance grants going um, in um, Oklahoma County, Logan County, and um, Washington County from the, from the fires of one fateful afternoon. Um, they're devastating. They can take people's homes, their lives, their livestock, the entire countryside, um, and the community is left with nothing. Um, and while the fire management assistance grants help in recovery for your local community, such as your first responders cost, your fire department costs, those types of things, there isn't really a FEMA program that will go through and help you rebuild your home after a wildfire. And so that's why we stay dovetailed with your agency to push, please be insured. Mm -hmm. Because even, even if it's a significant enough of a wildfire event that FEMA was to come to town, just like a flood event, the federal assistance to you is not going to be enough to put your life back together, right? So we, would, we, we constantly um, intake the, the heartbreaking stories of people that have lost an entire lifetime of memories, um, homes that they've built with their own two hands, um, and they've lost the entire thing and they didn't have insurance. Mm. And there was no way for them to get that life back. And it, while that is very impactful for them, it is very impactful for us, for us to see that. And so we try to layer in as much capabilities in different groups to help support that family, but there's nothing that can truly help them rebuild like insurance can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, great points. You know, FEMA does a great job for us all and they come in after every disaster and, and help and I know you work very closely with them but nothing can take the place of being insured whether that's flood insurance or fire insurance or homeowners insurance uh, FEMA will indeed come in but they don't ride in on a white horse with the full replacement cost on your home I mean right. it's a substantially smaller amount than you would if you were privately insured and so critically um, critically important. Uh, anything else on mitigating risk with fire or anything so, out there? You know, we, we have several programs around the state, the FireWise programs and those those things where we, we go through and engage with the community, but there's some good basics, right? Keep the debris away from your home. Um, in Oklahoma, we have a prevalence of uh, the western cedars, and I, I, I know they, they, they might look great uh, on your property. They may help with sound dampening. They may even separate that fence line that you have between a neighbor but those things grow fast they take a lot of water out of the ground but they're insidious when it comes to wildfire they explode um, like a gas can <laughs> they are they, they are just like living matchsticks and so if you have them around on your property and especially close to your home your outbuildings your barns or any other infrastructure you can pretty much count that those things are going to ignite it doesn't even take a full flame to ignite them just the right amount of heat can cause them to ignite um, and they're going to take off and burst into flame and when they burst anything around them is going to catch on fire so keep those things as much as possible even though those even the, the small beautiful decorative trees that we like to call the junipers and those types of things make sure you have the landscaping done around them that would slow or retard the fire 
um, that will give your local fire department time to help you because in a large wildfire every resource at your local level is going to be taxed and we are we, we are asking and requesting resources to come across the state to help but anything that you can do from your perspective to get those leaves that debris and all those things cleaned up around your property gives them an extra time when that fire begins to encroach close to a facility that they have to be able to respond to maybe save your home yeah i think the most critical part of that is that barrier between your house and that's five or six foot area at least to be clear of anything really that that's uh that could yeah absolutely and we and we know it's hard to to go and retrofit a home and it's expensive but if you do have the ever have the capabilities to redo your roofs or something like that, maybe talk to your builder about fire retardant shingles and those types of things that might give you just that amount of time that allows the fire department to help get there to help put the fire out before it catches. Yeah, and that's something we don't talk a lot about, but that is um, fortifying your home, whether yep. that's for, for tornadoes. Yep. Uh, with uh, you know, I know the city of Moore has upgraded their building codes, but there are things that can be done. Uh, at the roof level as well as for the for the whole house and folks should yep. look into that talk to their insurance company because there are discounts available uh, exactly. if you do those on your home yep. so uh, and as well with fire so um, as we're closing out a little bit here Mark I guess uh, when it, when a storm comes through um, I know you're always looking for um, that damage to be reported insured or not insured so talk through what you need folks to do um, post disaster sure so we keep an online portal um, so that our citizens and our local uh, communities can report their damages after any storm passes. Um, not every storm is always going to be eligible for assistance, but damage.ok.gov is there for them to report what has happened to them. Um, it gives us an idea of the magnitude of the storm um, because it's going to take us time to drive every county road or every city road or go by block by block. Um, we've looked in the last five years of how can we get the information faster? Crowdsource it. So doing crowdsourcing with damage.ok.gov, allowing the individuals to use their smartphone or a tablet, be able to record their own damage and then report it, which gives us a great clarity of what's on the ground. Um, We've got really good task forces, Oklahoma Disaster Task Force and our local task forces out of each one of our regions in our state. They come and they help us. And while they're doing search and rescue, they are now doing what we call the initial damage assessment. Um, we, we're government, we like to talk in acronyms, so we call that the IDA, so the initial damage assessment. Um, and they're gathering that information very quickly for us now. And then that combined with the citizens self-reporting, then I can see where we qualify for federal assistance and then I'm on the phone with FEMA and with the governor immediately saying here's the areas where we qualify I'm pulling the information together now we're going to make the application um, and it helps us get not only help to you but maybe help to your neighbor right so while one community may not be as impacted as the next community we gather all the information and pull them both together and that gives us a statewide view yeah good and this is a good opportunity for me to make a plug for the Oklahoma Insurance Department uh, we consider ourselves second responders, so I go down there with you. And we, but but you know, our role really comes into play assisting consumers with claims or claim mm-hmm. problems or adjusters or that sort of thing. And that's going to be you know a few weeks after. And so I've kind of developed this. Uh, we are we are second responders uh, approach. But folks need to know we are there for assistance. We have a consumer assistance area 
who does nothing but answer phones all day, every day, and assist consumers with their claims. So uh, oid.ok.gov, you can go there to file a complaint if you're having trouble, and we'll we'll jump in and go to bat for you. So, um, Mark, as we close out, anything we didn't discuss, anything you'd like to get out there, what uh, what else do we need to know? You know, from Oklahoma's perspective, um, we're going to have disasters. Things are going to be bad. Um, I don't want our citizens to ever lose hope. There's always going to be a sunshine. The sun's going to come up the next morning. And Oklahomans are going to do the right thing, and we're going to do the right thing. Um, I think you have seen, and I have seen from your agency, we will move heaven and earth to help support our citizens. And no matter what's thrown at us, we will recover. We will rebuild. Um, And if people can just take just a few minutes of their day and go through the processes of planning and preparing themselves at the home level of what are we going to do if Mm -hmm. it will magnify the capabilities of what we're trying to do at the state, the city, the county, and the tribal level. Good. Great way to end. Thank you for that. Uh, so that wraps up our, our great uh, podcast here, Mulready Minute podcast with Mark Gower, our director of Oklahoma Emergency Management, does a fantastic job for us. And so we will look for you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.